Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott with you today. We put the question out before the break. Who did Patrick Kane pass this morning as the USA's all-time leading international scorer? A lot of response saying Jeremy Roenick. In fact, only two guys have gotten this right so far. Mark Johnson. Mark Johnson, who is now the, uh, he's coaching, I believe, the women's team at uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison. So uh, he, uh, from the 1980 Olympic team, there you go. There's your answer. Uh, Surprised only two people got that right. All right, uh, we're going to go off right now to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We'll bring aboard uh, our regular Wednesday contributor, Craig Simpson. Craig, how's it going today? I'm okay. How are you doing? Doing excellent. Thank you very much. So uh, we'll start with the Oilers and maybe some lack of news. Uh, still waiting and waiting on any, even a rumor to, to surface on the coaching front. Uh, I don't suppose you're hearing anything more than I am as to any movement there? No, I'm pretty much focused on the Stanley Cup playoffs more so mm-hmm. than the uh, Oiler coaching spot. But I, I'm not surprised. It's not... Uh, it's been a, what a week for Kenny Holland, yeah. and uh, I don't think that there's the uh, immediate need to jump at something if it's not there organically. You know, I think he's probably got um, a short list of candidates and ideas going forward, but it doesn't surprise me in the least. I think the most important thing for him right now is to get his group organized, uh, understand what's in the system, what they have from a player perspective, what they have from a scouting and person's perspective and make the necessary moves and changes that uh, he feels are appropriate. Ralph Kruger hired today elsewhere. Uh, it was kind of made publicly known in some regard that he didn't really want the marriage again with Edmonton, but he is now... Uh, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, made that uh, suggestion either. I, I think it's a bad move for Buffalo, actually. I, I'm surprised that they made yet another move and a bit of a, an odd and difficult one. And uh, I, I'm not a big fan of that hiring. I don't think it's uh, a move that's going to serve them all that well. So I'm not surprised at all that he wouldn't even have been in a conversation with Edmonton. Interesting. What makes you say that? I just think he's disconnected from the game. Uh, you know, the one, his claim to fame is a 
you know, two and a half week tournament with NHL European players that, uh, you know, they, they did well. They did fine there. I did. I thought he was disconnected in his time with Edmonton in terms of how today's player reads and how the game is. And if you've been out of the game from a coaching perspective, you know, even three to four to five years, this game changes so quickly. The the game, the style, the things that happen, the players themselves. And I, I'm just surprised that Buffalo would uh, would make that move. So uh, we're chatting right now with uh, Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson. Um, it, you get the sense that they might have gambled a little bit, uh, like you said, based on a couple of weeks, rather than having somebody who maybe doesn't have a, a forward-thinking reputation, if you will, but uh, you know has the experience. Is that sort of what you're getting at? Well, I, I just think, again, he hasn't been a, a coach anywhere for an awful long time. And I, I just think if you look at Buffalo's moves in the last while, they... You know, the Pagulas in everything that they've touched from football at the Bills, how many coaches have they been through, the Sabres, the, the moves that they've made. So, uh, you know, they're not afraid to, to go outside the box, I guess. But just my own personal connection, I, I don't think it's a good hire. So put yourself, uh, put your manager's hat on here for a minute, Craig. And if you're if you're doing the hiring for the Oilers, uh, let me pose you the same question: Are you are you more focused on somebody who's a little bit more forward thinking, or do you want that veteran presence that uh, w- something similar, I suppose, to them bringing in Ken Holland as GM? I don't think it necessarily has to be somebody uh, a veteran presence. I, I think you've seen from. You know, the uh, the far right of that is Ken Hitchcock, you know, which is sort of the veteran presence that's kind of on the back end of, of, of that time frame from his coaching and from his experiences. Uh, I, I just think it's someone who critically needs to be able to instill, uh, A, a work ethic, B, you know, a system in place that these guys can, can be comfortable with and can work around. As we said last week, the, the number one priority for this group is to learn how to play at both ends of the ice. And that's been you know, a glaring omission for this, uh, this group, this organization. The last uh, 12, 13 years that they haven't missed the playoffs, you know, so often that's a big part of it. So I, I think from a communication standpoint, from inspiration standpoint, you've got to be so- have someone who can bring that out of your players and uh, I don't think it necessarily means it has to be an experienced guy but I think you have to have somebody who's shown whether it's at the AHL level that they can do that and bring a team and have a team have success and have players develop into good NHL players I think that to me is the most important thing uh, going forward from a coaching perspective we've got Craig Simpson on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline right now Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now uh, this Boston Carolina series, Craig, has been uh, a little bit more of a rollover than I would have expected. Uh, Carolina had all the momentum, at least perceived, in the world coming into this series. And Boston, uh, let me get your thoughts on how Boston's getting it done so effectively right now. Well, I just think, uh, you know, Boston has a team that understands uh, how to win. They're opportunistic. Their, their power play has basically won them the last two games. They were two for two in game two. And uh, that broke that game open. Uh, and then last night, you know, their penalty killing kills off a four-on-three, a five-on-three, three power plays in the first period. And then they score the game-winning goal on a power play of their own. And so, you know, I, I think Tuka Rask has been a, a big factor in that, uh, especially last game. You know, Carolina, as expected, uh, 
came back after a really a, a, a game in game two that they weren't even close. And Rod Brindamore said he felt his team was mentally fatigued. They weren't a part of that game. There was no chance there. They came out strong, had 20 shots in the first period. And let's face it, Tuca Rask was really the, the calming influence for the Bruins. And I, I just don't see there any chance that you're going to beat the you know, this Boston team four times straight to try to get yourself back in this series. So it's for, from the standpoint of Carolina, Craig, obviously frustrating that they've dug themselves into this hole. Um, I'm looking at what's going on. Uh, you know, Rod Brendamore, it's not necessarily coming unraveled uh, by any means. That would be a stretch. But uh, what do you think about how he almost seems exasperated in the media, in my opinion? He almost seems like he's at a loss of words sometimes or surprised or, or, or I get the sense that they're, maybe even a little over their heads right now. Do you get the same vibe or am I way out of left field? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel that. Uh, you know, if you're, if you get to this point, uh, the off days and the amount of absolutely stupid questions that get thrown your way are exasperating. You know, I, I sit and marvel at times on if there's ever two days off, some of the questions that get lobbed to some of the coaches, I'm surprised they don't lose it more. So you know, when you're when you're losing, you're you're not going to be Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky up there, and I I don't find him being unglued at all. I I think that he realizes that um, you know the things that they have to do to try to win are what's gotten them through this far. They're they're not the best team. They're not the most skilled team. They're not the team with the best goaltender, and they usually have been able to find some intangibles to find a way to get a win. So I think that's been one of his biggest assets assets as a coach with that group is to getting them to get more out of their bodies than maybe that they have from a skill perspective but uh, I don't get the sense from him at all that he's losing it. Let's shift out west then Craig as we've got uh, Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson on the line right now. St. Louis, San Jose about as even as it gets and as even as we all expected it to be. Um, I really like what I'm seeing out of San Jose and the resurgence. Uh, it almost seems like they got a new energy having gotten uh, Joe Pavelski back in the lineup. Uh, what are you seeing out of them? Yeah, I, I thought, you know, game two was a really important bounce back for St. Louis. So I, I thought San Jose in game one looked like the faster team. They looked like the deeper team. They looked at times like the more skilled team. I, I thought it was a bit of a a step back for St. Louis, you know, coming off their uh, their last win. So, uh, but game two is one that, you know, you expect it to be a pretty even series. St. Louis responded the way they had to. They scored the, you know, the early timely goals and then gave up a couple, but responded the way digging in and making sure that you, you didn't let the game get away from them. So to me, these are two pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, you always wonder when you're looking at, the goaltenders you know which one's going to blink uh, jones has had his bad start and then has been great bennington's just been an amazing story but you always look and say that it might come to a game here or there where one stumbles or falters and that might be the difference that, that pushes either st louis or san jose over the top in this series what or who, uh, if you can put uh, put this into layman's terms, Craig, is is maybe impressing you most about the playoffs? There's there's a few storylines to follow. Certainly, it's the year of the underdog, um, but also the fact that all four teams here in the conference finals, nobody on those rosters making more than eight million dollars. So you're starting to see uh, some of the balance. I think there's maybe an emphasis yeah. on secondary scoring and what you're seeing Boston do. So is there anything really standing out as a storyline for you? Well, I, I do think that it's. Uh... Now you can call it parity or you can call it salary cap. She's keeping everybody 
uh, in a position where on a given night anyone can beat anybody. So I, I, I do think that you know there is a, a definite feel throughout the year that there's no one team with the exception of the regular season Tampa had, you know, one team that is head and shoulders better than everyone. I, I think depth is what's showing it spades, you know, definitely doing Boston for three rounds now. The emergence of good young players and young defensemen and Brandon Carlo and Matt Grizzlick and even Connor Clifton coming up and playing a role. You get a real sense of how important that is. And I've talked to Bob about that so often, how important it is to have a stable of younger players that have played in the American League, that have come through your system and that now... Uh, can can play and you have to trust them that they can they can get out there and perform so for me the the good young players in the league and in these last four teams that are playing significant roles i think is a good reminder to how you need to develop a team and that's to make sure you do have depth at the american league level and young players coming in that you got to put in the lineup and trust them to to perform and you're seeing craig like an added importance on on what difference drafting and developing players even in the later rounds can make uh, and oh gosh yeah you know like again i go back to boston and i know chris wagner I, I believe was an anaheim draft pick but just the way that they've rounded out their roster with these guys who number one aren't making much money and number two or some of them are homegrown and san jose is the same thing when you look at donskoy so this really reigns true for the oilers and i think that you can look around the league from an oilers perspective and see a really good example of where you can go when you do have that organizational depth. Well, yes, and, and that's you know what I've kind of been saying on this show uh, for a while, and I even mentioned a year and a half ago uh, to Bob Nicholson in a conversation, I, I think the, the importance of spending both resources from a money standpoint, but from a human standpoint, and a, you know, a staff standpoint for, in your American Hockey League. I, I think the good franchises around the league have a solid american hockey league franchise that is built off of how you want to play in the nhl that's built off of playing the game a certain way in the same way you want to at the nhl level and really forcing guys to to take ownership of being good at that level before they get that next step and you know the next part of that is having a coach up at the uh, nhl level and bruce cassidy is a good example he's a guy who was a head coach had to go back down to the american league but i think that helps him now in part out of necessity but part also of of trust is allowing those players to play and find their way at the nhl level when you've got to work them in you, you can't sit them down you've got to be able to develop them at that level too and i think the four teams that are left are a pretty good example of how that has played out in those four organizations so, Craig, that was uh, through the Detroit era for Ken Holland. Uh, that yep. was one of the strong points that people looked at with him was his, again, his number one a priority was developing in the minors first, and that's something that the Oilers have lacked for sure. Um, yep. But when you're looking at the picks that he made in the later rounds, do you believe that that's still a strong point for Holland and his, his ability to not only assess that talent himself but surround himself with people uh, that can? You know what, I, I'd be... Uh talking without real knowledge of that uh, i i can't uh, on the top of my head go back and look at any of their real draft picks I, i'd have to sit and uh, analyze that so i'd be talking out my ears if i was saying that <laughs> I, I think the understanding though is that that's how you got to develop and build your franchise so you know the, the question of whether you've got the right staff in place to make those important picks detroit uh, in their history has 
made some fairly significant late picks that have been incredibly productive for that organization. And, you know, that was a long time ago, but today's game is still very much of that. You, you've got to make sure that there are some, you know, second, third, fourth, all the way down to fifth, sixth picks that end up being gold and, and end up being in your lineup. And uh, I think that's definitely from a strategic standpoint, something that he understands greatly. And as you mentioned, Detroit has always been one that had good success. They, they won the Calder Cup in their American League system, and they've percolated players, probably you know, over-percolated them down there until they were ready to, to go. And I think that's a good philosophy. Great stuff, Craig. Uh, we can park it there, but before we do, I, I just want to get a pick from you because I posed the question to the listeners today. Is there a favorite right now for the Con Smythe? Oh, I took a for me. There's, there's no question. I, you know, goal scoring is always important, and Logan Couture is having a, a great playoff and a great run. But you know, having done all three of the Boston series to this point, uh, from start to finish, uh, to, to me, Tuke is the, the guy. Excellent stuff. I really appreciate you taking the time as always, Craig. And we'll chat soon. Okay. All right, take care. Thanks, my friend. That is Hockey Night in Canada's Craig Simpson. Uh, the hot take right off the top about Ralph Kruger and a couple texts uh, talk, touching on that here on the text line. But uh, I think the overarching theme there is just that Simmer's saying, hey, you know, let's pump the brakes on a guy who doesn't necessarily have the NHL track record. I know that... Uh, that there's definitely people in the hockey circle here in Edmonton that are big fans of Kruger's work, and and uh, you don't want to discount what somebody does overseas. So everybody welcome to their own opinion. We will see how that plays out uh, in Buffalo over the course of the next couple of years. Yeah, that was the uh, the NHL news of the day. Ralph Kruger, three-year contract out in Buffalo. Uh, still not much to talk about in the Oilers news front, so what we're going to do instead is press pause here on Oilers Now. We'll come back and get to more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. For your texts on the Heartland Ford text line, keep them coming at 6.30. 6.30, it's Brendan Escott on Oilers Now today. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. I could let that ride all day. Great song by the Tragically Hip. 12.52 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott on Oilers now. You know, on the topic of uh, of Ryan McLeod, uh, Bob sent out a couple days ago now, back on... No, he sent this out yesterday morning. The uh, His projected lineup for the Condors, which features... Uh, this is for next year, by the way, which features Ryan McLeod on the third line there. Um, 
probably in a perfect world, and especially the way that uh, that Ken Holland has been talking about wanting the guys to percolate. Uh, Jim and Rocky Mountain host tweeted that uh, he he agrees with that, and he would like to see the guys uh, percolate a little bit in the minors. But if he wins a job in training camp. He wins a job. It's as simple as that. And uh, he was darn close in this past season to doing that. So I wouldn't rule it out. That's all I'm saying. He's got the size and the speed to make it uh, in the modern NHL. And uh, it, it would not be abnormal in uh, the modern NHL to see a youngster like him come in and contribute. Don't bank on it, but uh, don't rule it out either, is what I'm saying. Trucker Dave says he picked the Hurricanes to win the series because he hates the Bruins. Now he's going to have to change his ways when picking winners. The Bruins look scary good, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I agree. I was in Vancouver, well, not in Vancouver, but I was in BC for that 2011 Stanley Cup final and uh, had every reason to dislike the Bruins. But you can't help but respect what they do. It's uh, <laughs> Bob picked Carolina in six in that series. I had Boston in five. Reed took the sweep. And uh, Jack also had Boston in five in that one, so... Bob and uh, Trucker Dave similarly picking the Carolina Hurricanes and they're up against it. No doubt right now, uh, Justin Williams, their emotional leader, taking three ill-advised penalties in that first period. But some people might say it was uh, it was nice to see Brad Marchand get popped in the chops there. Those cheering for the Hurricanes say it's not nice to uh, put your team shorthanded. Provost Alberta text comes in and says... That's such an old narrative of no NHL track record. Well, how do you get it? That's fair. You have to start somewhere. I'd like to think it's better than hiring a recycled coach who hasn't won in 20 years. The worst hire is coming when Anaheim hires Dallas Akins. Dallas Akins, uh, you know what? It didn't work out for him here, and by all accounts, he's learned from that and grown from it. I think Bob's mentioned that a couple times on the show. But you're right. And this is the same thing with finding an entry-level job in any walk of life. You've got to figure out how to get that experience. In most cases, that experience is going to come as an assistant or in the AHL, likely in both, right? Which is what we've seen out of quite a few of the candidates, including those like Rocky Thompson, Todd Nelson. It's, that's been the same song and dance for them. And if you have success at those lower levels and can sow your oats there, that is your experience. I don't know that it's dramatically different from coaching in, in Europe, but uh, the fact that Ralph Kruger spent the last five years in Southampton, not Sunderland, Southampton, in an uh, in upper office role in, in soccer, you can see where there may be a disconnect. But philosophy is philosophy. Topher, out of Red Deer, says, yes, uh, Apuliarvi <laughs> has the size and the speed as well. Have to see what uh, what transpires with Yessi uh, through the off season and then uh, into the NHL. Uh, they got to find a place for him to play. Simple as that. Because as uh, quite a few pointed out on Monday, he can't go back to the AHL. There is no time to percol percolate for him without having to clear waivers. So they find a way to insert him, or they find a way to milk some value on the trade market. It's really up to those two options. Oh, to Edmonton, uh, if Holland puts any credence in the pulse of public opinion that surrounds the team, he will hire Nelson. Tippett could be okay, but it's uh, it's Todd's time. The right coach is key to fixing the inconsistent effort the Oilers display. The entire city has had time for him and want to see what he can do. Well, there's two schools of thought. There's one that, uh, you know, we know that Oilers fans definitely know what they're talking about most of the time. 
most of you guys are pretty in tune. Um, I just worry that it's almost too perfect of a fit, right? And now everybody's going to say, well, Todd Nelson, Todd Nelson, Todd Nelson. It wouldn't surprise me to see Ken Holland go off the board either. I know that might not be what you want to hear, but there is the possibility of him going off the board in that regard. Studio producer Dustin Kaufman, have we done the Roos Chris liner yet? We have not. We have not. Well, I'd better tell you that guests on the show do receive gift cards to Roos Chris. It is the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.